folks welcome to another fun-filled episode of Seishura, the music explorers podcast as always i'm scoob magoo i'm jim jam and we have uh, a very contemporary edition of our album anniversary series which is i feel like we usually run the gamut you know we, oh yeah you know last time we we talked about master reality which is turning 50 so you know that Usually we have at least one that's you know at least we, thirty years or older, and this time well, we have a ton that are like ten. We had a couple. I mean, we, we were thinking of doing um, uh, Pet Sounds mm-hmm. and uh, Revolver, and then uh, you were just like, "Let's do these," and I'm like, "I'm not gonna fight you." <laughs> yeah, I feel like we've talked about the Beatles a decent amount, and yeah. I feel like I've I've talked to death like my relationship with Pet Sounds, so. Yeah, um, and I was really interested with this selection. I think it's you know even though you know only one of them came out uh, before you know in the nineties or, or earlier two thousand um, or two thousand. Uh, it's twenty years old, man. Yeah, two thousand twenty-one. <laughs> Got to do the math, Scott. You know what? Oh, w- oh, wait. Sorry, communications major. It's oh. too late for math. <laughs> what, are you, what, are what are you talking about? I, I know. Oh, look. I, I, I look. I, I'm the person with the with the with the fine arts degree. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, uh, but yeah. I mean, even still, there's a great amount of, of variety here, and I'm I'm excited to dive in. Um, yeah. And we're starting off with one of the. I don't know. I feel like this is probably considered her best. I mean, I know oh, yeah. it's a little bit it's a little bit difficult because she has so many highlights. But this is uh, Vespertine by Bjork, uh, an album that uh, I can't say I. For me, I always gravitated toward post because it had so many. There was a level of immediacy there. It was a lot more. Um, I don't know. I just felt like there were a lot more songs that. Well, I mean, if you complain once more, you'll meet an army of me. So you know, <laughs> just yeah. No, I, I I get you. Like headphones, army of me. Um, yeah. So so quiet. Uh, even Isabel. Yeah. I mean, there, there were some great. You know. Yeah. M- much more immediate tracks. Whereas like Vespertine is definitely more. Um, oh. I, I guess like subtly exuberant. Yeah, I was gonna say a, a little bit more subdued. Uh, I also yeah. gravitated toward homogeneous just because it, you know, it was so acclaimed as well, and it had a little bit more, you know, it jumped that off cover the, too. Yeah, it, it jumped off the page a little bit more. But re-listening to Vespertine, um, I totally understand why this is considered, you know, one of her best, if not her best. Like, there's I just mean, this is this is my favorite of hers. Yeah, there's undoubtedly, just, there's so much. There's so much here. It's so layered. Um, I also feel like there's a bit more. I mean, one of the issues I always have with Bjork is by the end, you know, it's, her voice is a double-edged sword. Like, it's so unique. It's so powerful. But I feel like she kind of uses the same cadences. Yeah. Uh, but for some reason on Vespertine, maybe it was just, you know, the, the musical variety or maybe it was something with her voice. I, I just I didn't feel that. Like I by the end, like it just that moment where I'm like, okay, I'm I'm kind of ready for Bjork to not kind of like tone it. I just I didn't feel that on on Vespertine. Um, and yeah, I, I I get you. I'm I'm kind of in the same ballpark. I mean, I she definitely it feels like I don't know. It's it's not exactly that Bjork's firing on all cylinders because I think she always is. Um, I just feel like sort of 
the sounds that she managed to curate and sort of the songs that she wrote here really just come together in like a very very just you know perfect just way mm-hmm. and like I, I in my notes I kind of because I was thinking of this as I was listening to it today um, that like you listen to a track like Hidden Place and um, like you know you have like that I don't know that, that 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 like riff that opens it up I don't even know if I'd call it a riff just kind of like this sample mm-hmm. like the, this synth passage the synth motif that just keeps repeating and it has like this odd energy to it like it's yeah it's, it feels very like mysterious and almost dark in a way like you, you're not really sure whether it's going to go into like a minor key or like a major key and then throughout the song she's able to like kind of grow that it's it's and it's really cool like and i was really noticing all these different little details and like sort of all these vocal embellishments that she adds to the background even and just yeah it, it's really like i i i feel like maybe what makes this such uh, a spectacular Bjork album is that you know she takes sort of what you know made her you know a star or like you know kind of a, a darling with critics you know mm-hmm. and you know like sort of like that harsh electronic type of vibe at times but then she melds it really well with like that kind of I don't I, I don't is it is it um is it close minded to me to say like Icelandic sensibility <laughs> No. Like, like the, 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 there's kind of like this this uh, natural spirit about uh, what she brings into her music, which I think she, you know, she explores to much later, like, you know, yeah. um, much greater exploration of it later on, you know, Medulla. Um, what's the one with, with oh, Biophilia that mm-hmm. is like literally inspired yeah. by nature, um, you know. But like, I, I feel like it, it's, it's a very, like, it feels like it's the best of both worlds here. Like, yeah. it feels like, you know, but but I I do feel like there's a slight edge of like you know into like that whimsical not, not maybe not whimsical but oh, like, like this fantastical or something like that pastoral perhaps yeah. is, but I'm glad you yeah. mentioned that because even you know you know Bjork, uh, Sigaros, even the Icelandic black metal scene which is, has been kind of a huge movement over the last several years. It, it, it does have a very distinct Icelandic quality about it, which is, is some, sometimes a little bit difficult to pinpoint. But yeah, it, like kind of that mystical quality a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I yeah. don't know. I, I feel like it might be, you know, maybe this is me talking out of my ass. I have no background in so, <laughs> so, you know, sociology or anything like that. But I feel like because it's such a small island, there probably is a you know kind of a heightened sense of community. And with that, maybe a heightened sense of, you know, heritage and folklore and, and stuff like that. So I feel like that might subtly inform, you know, being more in tune with the landscape. You know, it's easier to, to traverse the, you know, the length of the, the country, you know, knowing tradition, knowing folklore. Because I really do feel like, to your point, you know, Bjork Sigaros, you know, other Icelandic artists I've listened to, they really do have a similar kind of ear for that, you know, that palette, yeah. so to speak. I also, I mean, this is kind of related um do you remember the saturday night live skit with Kristen wig as bjork I don't. this was like this is a decade ago <laughs> back back when that uh that mountain that uh volcano in iceland blow blew up okay um 
she was Kristen Wiig was playing Bjork and she was talking about oh yes the spirit of the volcano has blessed us this day you know it was this whole thing I just love I love that oh, but I, I just think awesome. of that whenever somebody talks about like Iceland and Bjork for some reason um, that's funny but yeah I mean I yeah I, I I really love this album I mean there's very little I dislike about it I think me the, the cover is a little it's, it's definitely not my favorite Bjork cover um, just because I think it's a little bit busy at times, but I really like the aesthetic overall of it, like kind of yeah. like the white. And, and um, I, I always like how, I mean, so many of her album covers are so colorful, so vibrant, and this, you know, by nature of being black and white. Um, I think uh, Debut gets away with that a little bit just because it's such a simple, yeah, I, I guess that kind of supports what you're saying, is that it's a simple black and white image, whereas this there's a ton going on. In fact, I was <laughs> looking at it today, and yeah. for some reason, I, I had never noticed the kind of, or like it had the white outline of the swan. Obviously, there's a swan yeah. around her neck, but then also there's well, like, you the, know. That's the, the swan dress that she wore. Yeah. From to, uh, because I think this was, yeah, I mean, it, uh, like this whole album is kind of, I mean, like I think a lot of Bjork's music is very reflective of her personal life in yeah. some aspects. Maybe not in, um, not always in a direct way. But, you know, um, you know, this was kind of like a, um, you know, uh, a time of fecundity for her. Ooh, that's a nice $2 um, word. Yes. I, I'm pretty sure you dropped that a few weeks ago. Fecundia, um, I probably did. It, it, it's just yeah. it was one of the, those words that's fun well, to say. Kind of well, like, like Vespertine, honestly. Yeah. It's just like the, the, a great the, word. The, the, this is the... Um, this is the other side of that of that fine arts major, yeah. <laughs> right? There you go. Um, Love it. So can't do math, but man, I can tell yeah. you some synonyms. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, like this was around the time she she was doing. Um, she she started breaking the waves, uh, the Lars von Trier mm-hmm. um, film, which I have yet to see. I really want. He's one of those directors I really want to get into a little bit. Um, but yeah, and then she was meeting. Uh, I think she met Matthew Barney around this time, and you know, um, just you know, and you can kind of feel that energy, kind of, you know, and especially at the end of Pagan Poetry, you know, you know, uh, you know, I I love him, I love him, you know, that that whole uh, thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I I, I I kind of just went on a riff based on the album cover. But yeah, like just like the the, the Swan dress is is. Yeah, it's something else. It's, it's definitely. Um, uh, it's, I mean, it, it's better than than um, a certain uh, other female musician wearing meat to to a music award show. Oh really? I don't. Um, who's that? I, I I don't know. I've never uh, <laughs> lady like gay gay. I think is how you say it. <laughs> oh man, laddie laddie gay gay. A laddie. Yeah, I mean, it's a, um, you know, she's following in the footsteps of my favorite artist, Bjork. Bjork. <laughs> Bjork. Love it. I had to get that in here. Yeah. Bjork. I, I, I had an interesting observation. I don't know if you, yes. you, have, you have more you wanted to, to touch on. This is something nope. that struck Go me. Go for it. Um, it, it. It felt like she had almost perfectly, like, her career was somewhat bisected. Um, not by Vespertine, by, but by Medulla. Like, when you look at... Debut, post, homogenic, vespertine. Those are all pretty, you know, pretty widely acclaimed and kind of go on a, like a very steady incline. You know, if, mm. you know the, each subsequent album is more popular, more acclaimed than the next. And I feel like Medulla maybe. I mean, just just talking aloud here. Um, 
maybe like the super experimental nature of that, the fact that it was an acapella album and it was really, really broke the mold. Uh, maybe that turned a lot of fans off because I, I feel like it wasn't until Bon Acura that her, uh, I mean, I feel like Volta, I mean, Volta is widely considered her worst album. Yeah. Um, you know, by a feeling I think was, was generally well received, but not in the level for early material. It, you know, it wasn't until Bon Acura that, she really bounced back. So I mean, know. I I felt like Biophilia got some pretty good attention. Yeah. Uh, but I I kind of get what you mean that, and I think it's it's interesting to note that relationship because you know Volnikira is literally the end of her relationship with Matthew Barney, whereas yeah. this is the beginning of it. Um, and I think it's worth pointing out that I mean Barney was is like a uh, like an avant garde you know experimental film director. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so I, you know, I, you could, if you wanted to, if you really wanted to dig in and, and try to make all these connections, um, you could say that, you know, there's kind of that influence, but I mean, I, I kind of would argue that Bjork's always had kind of like an experimental streak. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's just like, it, and you know, I was talking to a, a friend about, about her the other day and I, I, I think part of the reason it's, she's like that is because she, you know, was such, she, she got started at such a young age. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, I, I, I don't know, I have this, like, little theory that I think the longer you're a musician, the more you find your way into sort of the strange and the unconventional and the avant-garde. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and it, it, maybe, maybe it doesn't eclipse, you know, maybe it doesn't come into your own work but you're at least a little more aware of it. And I feel like for someone like Bjork, it's just like, you know, I mean, it's, it's just uh, chocolate and peanut butter, man. You know? Yeah. <laughs> sure. Oh, is that my friend Basil in the background? Yeah, mom. mom mom's getting home, so she's getting pretty excited. Basil, <laughs> I love you. Um, but a- anyway. <laughs> so, so yeah. No, um, yeah, I, I think it's also worth pointing out sort of that, Utopia, um, you know, is almost feels like a sequel to this album in a way. Um, maybe and, not. And, and true to form, the sequel is always worse than the original. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, see, I would say that, but I know some sequels that are like I. I mean, okay, if, if you want to go on this rant for a few seconds, I think Temple of Doom is is the best Indiana Jones movie, um, but. Anyway, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's just it, Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, you know, it, it's just that conventional wisdom that the sequel yeah. never is good. But obviously, I, there's there's um, there's exceptions. Well, I, I I just think it's interesting because, like, you know, I, I think what's what makes this album stand apart from the rest of her discography is, you know, kind of that natural pastoral feeling. Yeah. You know, and she does that a lot with like these. You know, I I think sometimes it's just like those chilling, like kind of like airy synths. Some of it's like vocal passages. A lot of it is just like this atmosphere kind of, and uh, you know she does the same thing with Utopia. Use it, you know, I think more with, you know, uh, like a like a flute, you know, a bunch of flute yeah. yes. musicians and things like that. Yeah, can't really say it works out the same way, but no. I mean, you know, it's it's just interesting to to see that correlation. Yeah, and I will uh, say with, with Utopia, I. It's one of those reviews where I walked in really ho- like I, I kind of had two trains of thought prepared, like how I really God, felt, yeah. and then if just in case you really liked it, 
like a more a more tempered version of that why and i was I, I mean i feel like i always ask this but but why why censor yourself for my like for my sake well you know just because it's it always stinks when you say hey i really love someone and someone said hey. I, I only do that when it's like i really didn't like utopia like i yeah my second listen was one of the one of the hardest second listens and you, just because it's so long yeah, like I, I did, it wasn't even just that it it fizzled out towards the end. I just I didn't like what it was doing out of the gate, and then it was like over like an hour and a half, like an hour and fifteen minutes. I, I always it. felt like yeah. with Utopia, even though it's been literally years since I've listened to it and since I've wanted to listen to it, but like I feel like the problem with with Utopia was more the execution, not exactly the concept. Yeah, no, I was definitely yeah. really. I was really looking forward to it. I, I thought it was an interesting concept, and it just did yeah. not. Just did not work out for me. Unfortunately, uh, I mean, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing how she follows it up, though. And I mean, she's definitely due out for it at some point, you know. Yeah. And I, I feel uh, like good music is in her DNA. Oh um, yeah, and, definitely. And speaking of being in your DNA, um, <laughs> if you're ready to transition to our next album, it's it, it's it's in your DNA since yeah. since your pops brought you out the same way, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you'd be more proud about that segue. I gotta be honest. I, I, little... I, I am. I, I'm. I'm. I'm happy for you. I, I'm. I'm just. I, I'm just. Also, I'm like. Oh. <laughs> it's. It's a mixed. It's a mixed reception. You style. know what? I'll take it. I'll. I'll yeah. take it. Um. And this is Triple X or Thirty. By, Danny Brown. And this Jack. was. This was not his debut but i think for a lot of people this is their gateway into his music he actually you know he released the hybrid the year before and i think he might have had a few mixtapes he, he did he did a bunch of mixtapes yeah, now that i'm you know blessed through wikipedia he had a handful of mixtapes before this but you know this really broke out and it makes yeah. a lot of sense why because I think to sum up why I love Danny Brown so much is because he, you know, some rappers have, you know, great personality, great presence, and some rappers have, you know, great lyricism, great technical chops. And I feel he like is, he, he, he really is, you know, one of the best, or, you know, genuinely, I believe he's one of the best rappers I've heard who can do both. Like, he just has such a memorable voice, such a memorable presence, and, you know, I know he, he's not necessarily... You know he's involved in the production, but not doing it himself. But he has such a great ear for beats to complement oh, yeah. what he's doing, and, and I, I think vice versa. He just has the ability to ride so many different sounds. You know, like like for, for sure. Yeah, like I I love how he's able to like you know go off of something like um oh I mean just to pick something random off of here uh like uh what is it pop song oh no, it's r- not radio song yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah you know he, a, he can yeah. do radio song, but then he also like you know if you listen to Six Degrees with uh, it's it from that Ghostface Killer Bad 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 Not Good. Oh yeah, uh, collaborative like, like album, writing like a genuine like noir themed jazz rap song. Kills it in yes. that song. Like uh, that's that song is so good. Um, but yeah. yeah, no, he's he's just like super versatile, you know. And I, his lyrics always have this, you know, James faced kind of, um, you know. Mm, feeling about them because you know he's simultaneously like kind of you know um crapping on you know sort of talking about the dark 
parts of like the hedon like the hedonism lifestyle kind of yeah but he also you know is is still doing it you know and he's well aware of sort of the dichotomy of you know the sort of the the paradoxical nature of such uh such a mindset and uh it's really cool to sort of see how it it almost feels like he dukes it out between those two throughout yeah, the album absolutely um yeah i i just I, I remember you showed me i think you played i will for me uh, because i i think we were just talking about silly songs and um yeah i i love i i mean i just i i remember i think you because around that time i think it was released for free if i remember right yeah yeah and so you sent me that link and like yeah i i grabbed onto that i only bought it on cd like i think either this year or last year um because i could just i can never find it um in the cd store as strange yeah as uh, a few years ago at this point i just happened to see it in the hip-hop section and grabbed it immediately it's a pretty simple you know simple uh oh yeah and whatnot but uh yeah I, it, it's funny because he like i will is such a funny like you know it's about you know kind of like i guess it's a funny song yeah but like the actual and you listen to the lyrics and be like wow that's actually really clever like just, Dude, I, I, that's the thing is even when Danny is is talking about eating out, like <laughs> he, you know, he he manages to bring like a, like a deafness to you know his lyricism that is just like surprising. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's really fascinating just how fucking talented he is. Because, but the thing is, like, it's not you know immediately noticeable at times. You because know, yeah. I I think you know with a song like I will you're you're too busy, you know fo- you're, you're honed more in on just like just the lewdness of the song, <laughs> you know, I, and and but you know instead of like just realizing just how freaking verbose he is and sort of how he manages to rhyme all these things together, you know, and sort of make all this work. Yeah, um, and to your point, even when he's you know he's doing the the party raps, and I think it's. You know, it's definitely, you know, abundant on this album. You know, it becomes more present on old and certainly Atrocity Exhibition where he'll... If you're listening surface level, you can enjoy, like, the party anthems. You can enjoy, you know, like, the drug, sex, you know, rock and roll, that kind of stuff. But then there's the, you know, the the more subtle, under you know, layer of how when you listen to what he's saying, it's a little... Uh, there's, like, a sinister edge to it. Like, there's one line... Oh, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, I think it's in, I will actually, it's, you know, you know, fuck you for an hour. Cause I can't feel. And you yeah, know, that, that's, you know, that or, line, like you know, there's some braggadocious, you know, for, you know, typical hip hop, um, braggadocio to it. Um, but then there's the underlying theme of the fact that he's so hopped up on Molly that he just can't, like, he can't feel anything. He's just so gone on, I mean, like just yeah. lines I mean, like it, that. The, the title track, you know, is is very indicative of that, yeah. you know, because he, he has that reference to Squidward, but then he's also, you know, but my favorite line from that song is, it was, a, was the downward spiral got me suicidal, but too scared to do it, so these pills will be my rifle. Yeah. You know, and I'm oh. just like, fuck. <laughs> like, and again, he weaves those those themes so, you know, seamlessly together, so you're like, holy shit, I thought we were having a good time, Danny. Like, what's, what's, going, what's going on? Yeah. But, oh, still, man. but really interesting on this listen... Um, I know that old is very pronounced in that, you know, side A is serious gangster rap Danny. Side B is like, you know, Molly, you know, yeah, you know, you know, pop rap Danny. Um, 
But it's it's present here in the reverse almost. Like as soon as you get to DNA, Definitely. the end of the album is pretty pretty dark. And I guess I never realized how how like stark that divide is. But I think DNA is yeah. one of the just one of the best songs he's ever done because it it kind of makes you know that subtlety I was mentioning earlier. It just makes it real. Like it may, puts right in your face that like this is yeah, yeah like I you know I enjoy all the the excess of a of a rapper lifestyle, but it's it's rooted in some really like a problematic past and it's something i struggle with you know continuously yeah definitely i mean like i actually looked into this and he actually you know i mean he obviously had this in mind that whole like you know side a side b thing Mm -hmm. and i mean he even talks about it and it's something that i mean i've noticed it as i've you know listened to it over the last 10 years or so um and yeah it's definitely like the same thing it's just you know this um yeah like just that slow it, it i mean considering that it, it's it's kind of this um you know since side a is party and side b is dark it almost feels like a gradient in a way down like into like it, it like it almost feels like it's sort of like you're coming down mm. yeah I, I i don't know if that's his intention i i just you know it's interesting to think about that but i mean i i think a lot of i mean I know I'm guilty of, of, you know, I think a lot of the, a lot of the Danny songs that show up in my, like, you know, like favorites song, you know, playlist are like, you know, like I will blunt after blunt, um, uh, bruiser brigade, you know, like those type of things. But there are some great tracks on the second half. I mean, I mean, DNA, but I mean, nosebleeds, I feel like is really, really impressive, Mm -hmm. you know, just in terms of its subtlety and just like, I love that production. Like they, I think maybe that's, something i almost want to talk about more because i think danny's impressive for sure and this is definitely his album but like the beats that he's putting under this thing are really really damn good you know like i, I think the the only i think probably the only track in the entire album that i could that I would maybe want to call out is uh a uh, radio song but i think that was very purposeful you know because yeah just yeah, a little, like, I, you know, I mean, I think he's just trying to take the piss a bit. Yeah, um, I, I like the beat to radio song. Uh, yeah, I think that the. I mean, I I like the track too, but it's just like like that dun 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 for the entire thing. It, it, it's almost like that uh, that clipping song where it's just the alarm clock uh, playing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but yeah, I I think that the production on this album was a huge boost you know i mean his personality his lyrics obviously were you know they're central to why this was you know claimed as it was but yeah i just i know he started you know looking back at his some of his earlier tapes he started working with uh skywalker which is a yes. you know, producer that he you know he had he started you know producing with a little bit more um i think when i saw him he was the dj who was you know running the running the show behind him um that's still one of my favorites, you know, when we, it was my friend Ryan and I, we paid for, like, the meet and greet pass. Yeah. Um, and I have to say, I've never smelled someone who was so, like, pungent with marijuana in my life. Like, it, it was like, it was like the, the whole floor, it was in the Middle East in Cambridge. And from the moment he came through the door at the end of, like, end of the space, it just permeated the room well what's crazy is as soon as he got on stage he was it almost reminded me of ozzy in a way 
where like when you talk with Ozzy, you're like, are you like, are you gonna have a stroke like right now? Like, are you okay? <laughs> but then as soon as he starts singing, it's just like super, yeah. super coherent and super you clear. And you kind, kind of like an artist that we'll be talking about soon too, actually. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, I I totally get that. I mean, I, yeah, just. I mean, okay. Well, I think first of all, it's it's because he smokes blunt after blunt after blunt after blunt. You he know? does. <laughs> and that was a really really cool moment, you know, because he played that live and every single chorus, everyone in, in the you know, place, blunt after blunt, like it's blunt after blunt. And it's weird because I think just because it's such a fun song and because it's Danny, like that. I mean, that's objectively a really annoying chorus, but I just feel like it works oddly. Yeah. Like, I, don't, I don't know. Like it just. D- uh, Danny makes that work. I mean, you know, if if you think if you try to describe like that nasally voice that he does for like you know those party anthems, like I I think it could be described as annoying, but it works so well with what he's doing. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's because he he manages to make it work. Yeah, you know, it, sure. it's not because it's good on its own. It's because he's he's like he, he's the magic formula here, man. You know, for like without a doubt. No, for um, sure, and I really feel like this empowered him to like sometimes you need that breakout moment you know i feel like mm. on on old he really like refined both the kind of that dark light split he got some you know some uh i feel like you know skywalker produced a lot of old really leaned into that production um got some great features and i think it, it really this set the, the framework for atrocity exhibition just that I mean, Atrocity Exhibition feels a little more varied in terms of, like, you know, like, that that light-dark. Like, it feels like it's very much, like, almost like every other track. Yeah. But I I, I get what you mean, though. Yeah, I just, I I think Triple X made the rest of his career so far possible. Yeah. Just, like, uh, I really want to give, you know what I'm saying, another chance, because I just was so, I think I need to go into it a little bit more objective and not expecting uh i yeah, mean maybe, like maybe atrocity maybe, exhibition yeah. part two maybe it know? was a case of him you know knowing he couldn't really top it so he's like you know what fuck it i'm just gonna i'm gonna do something completely different but i that that was hard to that was hard to take um yeah expecting i mean look it's 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 definitely i mean it's not his best but i mean it's still i i think it's really good for what it is i mean there's some great tracks on that thing um Savage Nomad is is a favorite of mine. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, the, the thing is, I I think you know, I this is a conversation that that I think we you know have a lot, whether we say it outright, you know, or we just it kind of you know sort of sneaks in through the background a little bit. But you know, kind of this idea of context, and you know that every album, you know, you know, I I it's I I think it would be. Um, you know, it'd be insincere, it'd be disingenuine to, you know, take an album, like, to not compare an album to something else. But at the same time, I, I think, I, I, I feel like it's, it's more like a case of, like, um, sort of every, I, I think it's worth just trying it with, within, without context, I guess is what I'm trying to say. You know, because I, I, I think if you just look at it on its own, it's a solid hip hop album. It's, it's when you compare it to the rest of his discography that I think, you know, those, those balances kind of, you know, shift a little bit. And I'm not saying that either one is the correct way to view it. I, if anything, I would say that 
them both together as as diametrically opposed as those two you know as as this philosophy you know as, as those two conceptualities those, those modalities are i think it's still uh i i think it's like the most you know i guess you know fair way to view it i don't know no i'm I, talking I totally, on my I, ass no i totally totally get it it's very um and it really depends on your like your take on the current release yes you know, you, you'll definitely you'll either say hey like you know you're not being fair like you need to you know you need to give us a chance for what it is yeah, I, to for what it is and then it, on the it, flip it, side you like might... um sorry i'm interrupting you again uh i'm just gonna say that like you know i, I think part of it too is just your own you know um ability to be able to phase out that context because i think yeah. for some people it's difficult you know and i totally understand i mean listening to kanye now as opposed to you know college dropout era kanye is like two very different things you know yeah and I'm, you, I'm, i've definitely you know, been on both sides of that where yeah. people people have shouted on an album i enjoy but like yeah just just it's fun just let's do it for what it is but then i'm you know, totally on the other side being like hey like you can't listen to music in a vacuum so but yeah yeah i mean obviously the the, the answer is fluid and it, it's probably somewhere in the middle but yeah. And also, uh, uh, you know, I we, we we met our Kanye quota. Just, we did. just saying. All yeah. right, all set. Won't bring him up again. Um, yeah. But all right. <laughs> speaking of bilateral personalities, um, we, I'm, <laughs> Fuck I'm you, really Scott. I'm really on a roll this time, and I'm gonna try to keep oh, it the rest of the episode. Um, <laughs> but we are talking about an artist that I I gotta admit I was I was surprised. I enjoyed the release that you know got me into their music, and I was probably more surprised that you dug it as much as you did. Uh, it's not this album, but this is the album that really put them on the map, and that is Bilateral by Leprous. They uh, are probably one of the more well-known prog metal bands right now. Um, and this, yeah. you know, th- they had a debut that I think is since out of print, you got some acclaims, kind yeah. of a little bit of a deep cut. It's called, you know, Tall, I, Pop, I, Tall Hoppy Syndrome. I, um, I think it's because it was on a, a different label, and this is on... Um, Inside Out. Oh, I, I have it right here. Hold on. Uh, Inside Out Records. Yeah. Which I, I, Inside Out Music, which I, I think put out has put out every one of their albums since. Yeah, they're, they're a pretty um, prominent, you know, label in the prog scene. Um, yeah. And this is something, you know, I think post-bilateral, people, people's opinions are very split on their music uh you know part of yeah I, I think a lot of it is because of you know how you take they've definitely become less heavy over time yeah i mean i i'm just thinking like because i i, I feel like the drop-off i've seen for a lot of leopards fans is you know um melina which is you know coincidentally the album that both of us yeah. you know got yeah. it was like our introduction to the band but i think before that people really liked cole People really like the congregation. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, bilateral is still probably, you know, kind of that, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, if you want to, you want an analogy, it's kind of like their master of puppets in a way. Or uh, no, I, I maybe it's more like the, they're like ride of the lightning. I don't know. It, it's, it's it's like one of those two where it's just like there are a bunch of great albums in their discography as well that come after it. Yeah. But, you know, I think people, you know, uh, some people just want the classics. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't necessarily blame them. Uh, I can't yeah. say I would want to buy, like, you know, uh, a new Boston album at any, yeah. you know, anytime yeah. soon. So, well, what's interesting for me with Bilateral is, you know, I think it's it's great. It you know, has, you know, everything you might like about a Leprous album. And it, it is very much, um, 
It very much has those alt metal riffs, a lot of you know, you jump the fuck up moments. Uh, yeah, and Einar still killing it on yeah. vocals. Uh, I will say that I, I find it interesting that people you know people talk about you know like you wish they go back to bilateral or whatnot because I love the fact. I mean, obviously you know Einar has always been a great vocalist. Uh, he screams more on this album, and yeah. I don't think that I think he's a better he's better singer than screamer. And I feel like later albums really showcase his singing chops, which you know. Oh it, yeah. Yes, later albums are more melodic, but I I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. Um, and that's always an interesting thing with metal fans is, on the one hand, you have fans who say that bands are maturing if they you know become less metal like this happened a lot with the contortionists like yeah. as, as the contortionists became less metal they called it maturing it's like well that's not like there's plenty well, of mature I mean, music that's not metal i i, um, I wonder though or, whether a lot of those fans were kind of growing up and sort of developing their own musical taste mm-hmm. at that same time so you know maybe it was sort of their like maybe it was for them you know maybe, maybe that that's how they genuinely saw it yeah, and certainly that's, yeah, that's probably what happened with the band themselves, is that they, they yeah. themselves were growing up and wanted to try new palettes. Um, and new but, sonic but yeah, no, I, I get what you mean, that, that there's this it, there's this you know side of the metal fans that they they think that, you know, oh, getting getting more melodic is like somehow this, this you know, grand thing, and then other people are just complete opposite, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you know, and, you know, s- similar to, you know, sort of our talk about context there's really no right answer um because i mean i I don't know i mean if you ask me anyway it's it's i I don't care if if a band is being more melodic or experimental or what have you i just want the music to be enjoyable (laughs) yeah and and i think my only complaint in that regard is i I do i mean it's 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 difficult because this is a heavier album so you kind of have to have some heavier vocals like i think it'd sound yeah. weird if einer didn't scream at all i just think he is a better singer than screamer um yeah but i i mean this is i know this is this is kind of a lame way to put it but like i feel like this is probably their most fun album like i really do i remember the first time i listened to this uh waste of air which is it, it probably their, their closest you know jump the fuck up like alt metal moment and you know mm. it's just such a such a fun track it just it has the i mean the whole album has the you know proggy you know kind of you know everything you'd expect from leprous but just has a little bit more you know like there's a little bit more meat to the their riffs um there's definitely like a rawness to this album that is you don't really hear on you know future releases and i mean it gets a little phased out every time which you know here's an idea for you i i want to want to run this bio see what you think i because I, I think a lot of the times we talk about production and we talk about you know sort of polish and things like that and i think a lot of times you know that can sometimes come with negative connotations that like oh something's overproduced or it's you know over polished or it sounds too clean or what have you and i i I want to say that I, I feel like Leprous is one of the few bands that I think does a lot with, you know, that, that I feel like they, they sound better the more, like, almost overproduced they are. Yeah. I, as, as, you know, I, I guess that makes sense, you know, technically, because if you're, you know, being overproduced, I guess that would technically sound cleaner and sound better, but you know what I mean. 
that no, I, I I totally yeah. get what you mean, and I think that's because what they I mean you know just my opinion what they do best is you know Einar really the soaring operatic clean vocals and having like for me what really really won me over was uh, I saw you know you know from the flames it was really you know popular so I checked it out and just his ability to take melodic hooks to a whole new oh, level yeah. is amazing and there's definitely moments of that on bilateral obviously you hear um you hear both where he's grown like obviously he's refined over the you know years of being a metal singer he's refined his technique but also to your point you hear some rawness like there's definitely there's definitely a unique period in because cole has a little bit of that metallic edge in this yeah but I think this is the only Leprous album that truly has that alt metal, you know, groovy, um, you know, yeah, straight the, through it. it. It definitely, and I, I think, you know, to jump on something you said earlier, um, that you know, this is like sort of their last like fun album. Like, it, de- it definitely feels like they take themselves much more seriously as the albums go on after mm-hmm. this. And yeah. I mean, th- that isn't um, a critique. Because, I mean, you know, w- whatever keeps you making music, it's just like, and, and I'm not going to say that those albums are bad by any means. It's it's just, you know, you can definitely feel that, that there's, it, it definitely feels like a mood change a little bit. Um, I think it's also worth pointing out just sort of how, you know, there are a lot of ideas, you know, floating around in this thing that, you know, sort of pop up in interesting ways throughout the rest of their discography, you know, sort of like, uh, I don't remember the exact track. The one has, uh, I think it was um, uh, Indifferentia, if I remember right, that had the uh, horn section throughout it at times. And, you know, like there's a lot of like synth work kind of going on in the background and things mm. like that. And all of the stuff kind of comes out, you know, in interesting ways. So like, um, I want to say it's the, oh, I, can't, I can't remember the name of it. The first track of the album Pitfalls. Uh, has like this massive like string section kind of going on at some points and you know like like it's really cool to sort of see these ideas and sort of where they came from you know and i think isan is on um different in different shows as that, well that, that was a fun feature it uh yeah it, and I like he was on this album. yeah i mean I, I as i think every time we talked about lepros i've noted that that uh einar is is isan's like brother-in-law i think oh I, actually i didn't know that yeah, I, I, I feel like I always that. say that. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah they, yeah, which, I mean, they they have a relationship even, I mean, obviously, but, I mean, um, they they serve as Isan's backing band, or, you know, did for a couple of album cycles that he did. Hmm. Um, you know, so they, they definitely have that relationship, uh, you know, professionally and personally. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's just it's cool to see sort of things where they are, but I I think that that's maybe this album's pitfall, uh, not pun not intended, I guess, hmm. um, is just you know I, I I think it's rawness, you know, and it's sort of like it, there are great ideas, and I think like I it it's almost like they're like ninety percent there, ninety five percent there, that it's just like it's it's a really fucking good album, mm-hmm. but like I I feel like they've really come into their own when they start you know sort of embracing like when INR starts embracing those things that make him such a unique musician in the first place yeah uh, for sure yeah 
I mean, still, by all means, check this thing out. I really wish, uh, like, old Leprous albums were still in print because for some reason, like, or at least, I, I, I don't know, is because I, I don't think bilateral is still in print. Or if it is, it's, it's really rare around in the United States. I went through, like, when I really got into them, I bought all their, you know, this is when Melina came out. I bought it all on Discogs. Um, yeah. I think Tall Poppy Syndrome is in the... I'm not going to spend that amount of money on yeah. one album. Um, yeah, I, I, I just... I, I don't I don't notice a ton of copies yeah. around. Like, you know, it, it, I just found it odd that, you know, it, it, it's like, is there just no reissue? Are they just not doing runs of it anymore? I don't know. Uh, I don't I, know I'm glad know. I have mine, though. Also, uh, I think one last word. I want to... I'll just shout out the uh, the Jeff Jordan um, painting. Yes, that is this thing's album it's cover. Awesome. I love. Yeah, I, I yeah. love this album cover. Uh, I love like the mushrooms. I, I actually I think maybe what I love most about this album cover though is sort of their um, the logo like the the lettering. Yeah, how like bilateral is is I, I think it's it's upside down and backwards. <laughs> mm. Um, and it just I don't know, it just brings this uniqueness that I I really like to it. I don't yeah. know. It's yeah, sure. great album. I I really love Lepers. They they're definitely one of like my favorite like new bands that I've discovered over the last few years. Um, yeah, without a doubt. I, I'm still I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do with the new album, which hopefully soon. Well, they they released uh, an album this year. They did. Yeah, it's called. Wait, seriously? Uh, Aphil- yeah, for sure. Uh, Aphelion. I did not know this. I'm well, looking this up. There you go. Dang, how did I not know about this? Coming August August 27th? Oh, man, we're reviewing this. Yeah, well, there, there you go. It's just a nice... Yeah, okay, nice well, preview. you know, spoiler alert. Uh. Dang, dude. Well, uh. thanks thanks for letting me know about that, because yeah. I, I don't know... I, I mean, maybe it's just because I've stopped following a bunch of uh, music news outlets, so I guess I'm really out of the loop. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to that, and that's yeah. that sounds good. To it, me. It, it, I don't know if you've seen the album cover, but it looks really cool. Yeah, so um, I, I think that's Travis Smith doing that album cover. Mm. So very so, cool. Last okay. word. Uh, one of my favorite tracks is the closer, uh, "Painful Detour." And speaking <laughs> of painful detours, uh, that is a great way to describe the music of the last album and artist we're going to be talking about. Painful detour. Painful detours. Yeah. I feel like her music's very painful, and I feel yeah, like... Yeah, but, but where's the detour, though? You know what? It, it's the only way that the transition makes sense. Th- th- that, well, okay, that's I, 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 I can actually make a case for this, but go, go on. I, I'll get back to that in a second. Um, yeah, uh, Apocalypsis by Chelsea Wolfe, or... Um, I always like the... I, I just I love the Greek alphabet, so yeah. when I still used iTunes, I copy-pasted the Greek spelling into <laughs> iTunes, which was my own little nerdy, um, own little nerdy. I mean, at know. least you can see that it's spelled that, like with um, the the new uh, Spectral Lore album. Like, I have oh, no idea yeah. how to even pronounce that. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh. but yeah. this was, um, I feel like this is a great example of just how powerful and compelling great album art can be uh this was you know back when like i you know we've talked before that neil job really helped me break into the the general world of music that i follow now um and i remember when he reviewed this just the album cover was so striking to me 
Um, and I just, I didn't even know what to make of this when I first listened to it. I, you know, th this came out, you know, the Grime and the Glow had come out a few years earlier, and there's some, some songs that I think are on both release, releases. Um, I think Moses specifically, which is one of my favorite songs she's done. Um, mm. But this, I mean, it, it's under the, the broader umbrella of folk, but just such a, such a unique take on i don't know like it's it's such a singular well, so i i actually have some words about that and that's actually where detour comes in because i feel like i don't know if you noticed this but whenever i put on like one of these early chelsea wolf albums before she starts you know sort of um getting more into metal yeah um she there's this very minimal approach to how she writes songs and so you know sort of how she does riffs and things like that um and I feel like that's, you know, I, I guess that's kind of that detour, I guess. I don't know if that's probably the best description for it, but I, I feel like it's, it, she, it really feels like she is taking folk and playing it with a heavy metal sensibility. Mm. Yes. And, and, and I mean, I, obviously you can see that it's probably more obvious to see through sort of her imagery and, you know, uh, sort of the, you know, the visual identity of, um, her you know her music um because i mean obviously this album cover you know the grime and the glow you know if i mean especially if you go forward the uh the album his spun you know and shit like that so uh, i think that's yeah. such a great way to put it and i feel like that might be the best because i was trying to figure out a way to explain why i kind of fell off with because I, I love unknown rooms that's such yeah. a such a great Dude, I, I actually a anybody who is even vaguely interested in chelsea wolf just pause this video right now and go check out um exclaim tv's youtube channel they do they there's this um version that chelsea wolf does of flatlands live mm -hmm. that is probably that is undoubtedly my favorite chelsea wolf song and my favorite like i th just specifically this rendition like it is so breathtaking to hear this song being played live like i it is so amazing like I, I i've had days where i've woken up and just played this video on repeat <laughs> like and i'm not much of a folk person but i'm just so impressed by this song but yeah i mean I, anyway you were saying like after um after unknown rooms she definitely takes a turn for metal and you with, yeah. uh, with abyss and in i mean Abyss is fine. You know, I, I don't think any of the albums that have come out, that I guess the ones I've listened to, are, I don't think they're bad. I, I just, I feel like that energy is lost, though, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and I think what you said, you know, so, so first of all, before we get too far away from it, I just, I, I don't know why, I just feel like Un Unknown Rooms is so bizarrely underrated. It's just, yeah, it's, it's one of the it best really releases in her discography, and I don't get why more people don't like it. it but. Honestly, like, like, I sold my, uh, I sold my copy of um, Grime of the Globe because I really, I kind of fell out with Chelsea Wolf a little yeah. bit. and I, I think what um, you just said is a great explanation why. Because what I loved about Apocalypse is, is it was, you know, dark, or like folk with a dark, like almost metal mentality. And it's just, yeah. it, it, you know, but doing I, well, the... I, Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, like, you know, yeah. doomy, drony, dark aesthetics, but it was still had a folk... Like, just, it was a unique voice, you know, that she gave to 
folk and for sure but then yeah. starting with pain is beauty she she literally introduced like that metal mentality became metal and i feel like it took it made it feel a little bit less special that's why the yeah. first first release of hers in a while that i've really enjoyed is uh birth of violence which came out uh, a couple of years ago 2019 because it was it was her most folk oriented like, it kind of it, it didn't quite recapture what apocalypse has provided but it was in the same vein it felt like a folk album with the metal attitude versus just like a post-metal album you know kind of like yeah. a post-metal attitude you know album with her her voice on top of i don't know like i, I don't want to be too dismissive because i don't think you know i, I definitely i liked pain is beauty uh liked abyss i don't really think i spun his his spun <laughs> which is isn't it the most awkward two words to say yeah his spawn is a i mean it's probably on purpose but oh yeah definitely um but yeah like i just that one i didn't spend much at all i think because i was a little bit burned i i lashed on the birth of violence because i heard it was a little bit more folk oriented and for sure it was but um, yeah i mean i i definitely like i like i was saying like i got really tired of 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 that you know and so i ended up selling like grime the glow and then you know i i think the only chelsea wolf album for a long time that i really wanted to get is is just unknown rooms and then honestly listening to apocalypsis again i'm like i need to get this too like yeah and it, it's just funny because i didn't really think of myself as much of a chelsea wolf fan anymore but god damn like i think I, I i part of it is just i i never really listened to this album a ton um you know when i was into chelsea wolf i think i was listening more to grime and the glow um and i was probably listening to you know unknown rooms a little more um and i think i bought i think i had only i only owned uh abyss if i remember right and so like yeah i didn't really get a lot of time with this album and so i feel like i slept on it a lot and i'm like as when i was listening to it yesterday i'm like damn like I, i'm kind of kicking myself for like not you know putting it on earlier no yeah, it, 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 yeah it's, it's so good it's i probably prefer this over I mean, Unknown Rooms is a little, a little short, um, and I, you know, it, it's very singular. It's, it's yeah. not really like it, it. It definitely feels kind of like outside of like the time stream that is Chelsea Bowles' career. Yeah, in for a sure. And I think you know, partially because Apocalypse this was my introduction to her music, but just it's just so it's so many things all at once. It's just it's beautiful. It's haunting. It's kind of terrifying, but it's it's so. Yeah. It, it, it's so sparse but it just it's it's such a contradictory record in all the best ways possible um, yeah and it's a it's like a master class in like how lo-fi production can like really bring out yes. like sort of the, the like the aesthetic of an album absolutely i just I, I feel like this it's something fantana talks about a lot is that you know sometimes people or like bands will think oh reverb equals songwriting like you just throw a <laughs> shit ton of reverb on it doesn't matter how the riffs sound and I feel like she uses space and reverb and those kind of effects in such a perfect way, um, but also is clearly a really talented songwriter. Like it, it adds to a foundation that's already there versus, you know, covers up, hey, we don't really have any ideas, but it sounds pretty. Um, so, yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah, no, she she's I I'm really like I'm really glad we, we talked about this album because I probably wouldn't have listened to this album again for a long time yeah if it wasn't for this like podcast so um 
what was I going to say? Oh, I think, you know, I, I, I mentioned earlier, like, Chelsea Wolf is, is definitely one of those artists who I think she comes alive on stage, you know, and I think what, like, I've just, I, I've, I've watched, like, um, that What's in My Bag episode with her, and, and, I mean, it's like, I, I, I'm sure she's, she's super nice, it's just, like, she, she definitely seemed very distracted and kind of, like, she was, like, in, like, sort of, sort of it was a almost little, like she was astral traveling, uh, uh, you know, in she, a way. She's a little aloof. Every, every conversation interview I've seen yeah. with her, she, maybe aloof is too negative, but, yeah, it feels like she's very, like, some people, you've, you get a sense that their act is very much an act. I feel like she genuinely is just someone who's like uber, like just kind of out there. Like she's always just, yeah. she's pondering yeah. deeper topics than you're talking yeah, exactly. about. Exactly. Like I, 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 I feel like she's kind of like, you know, on another plane of reality, yeah. kind of like, you know, having, having tea with like the Buddha or something like that. And then, you know, she, she, she kind of floats back down whenever she has to like play. Yeah. And it's just like incredible to watch her, watch her perform um yeah I, again i i really recommend people watch that that uh that version of flatlands because it is it is just amazing like <laughs> it's so good and you get to hear chelsea will swear in it so um <laughs> just the, the the simple pleasures in life yeah, always a fun little little bonus for sure well she changes the lyrics in it um slightly so oh, okay. it, it's yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> you have anything else to say? No, I think we're ready for albums of the week, and, and I'm yes. pretty excited about mine. So actually, I think I'll go first. I'll make the executive okay. decision. Um, All right. So drove my dad and cousin to my future brother-in-law's bachelor party this weekend. So I tried to find like it was about a 40-minute drive to the seacoast. And I need to find, like, the perfect length album just to, like, cover that time that everyone would be happy with. And uh, my dad is a really big, you know, like, OG electronic fan. My cousin's pretty easygoing. And I kind of, you know, had a, had a, you know, some kind of calling, and I went to my Depeche Mode collection. Nice. And I just... Uh, I, I fell in love with um, Some Great Reward all over again, which I've talked about a number of times that Blasphemous Rumors is you know, one of my one of my all-time favorite songs. It was a song that when I had an iPod shuffle, my mom just put it on my playlist and it just it just kind of it just blew me away. I just I couldn't, you know, I'd never heard anything like it. But so many great songs on this. Yeah, uh, you know, Master you know, and Servant. Master and Servant, you know, uh, Lie to uh, Me, you know, Somebody's very, you know, very, very subtle. Oh, Somebody me, is so... I, I forget what, speaking of what's what's in my bag, someone talked about this album and it's hurt, you know, it made me re-listen to Lie to Me and just how genius, how, like, amazing the layering of melodies and vocal melodies is on that song. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is... I, this I'm is... trying to think of the, 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 there's a track off of some great reward that I can't remember now. I, th I think it's stories of old. Yeah, mm -hmm. it, it's stories of old. Or yeah, well that that, that track too. I, mean, I I think every track off of this album is is, is great. This was yeah. my first Depeche Mode album technically as well. Oh, I mean people are people. Yeah, God, that, that's a great great single. Uh, but I, I was thinking of it doesn't matter. Um, I I love it doesn't matter. Like probably that's probably probably my favorite track on the whole album. Mm -hmm. Um. 
Yeah, I mean, they, they, yeah, they're all great. They're all really, really well done. God, I, you know, I've been thinking because I, um, a couple of years ago, I, I did this twice that I listened to every Depeche Mode album in order. Uh, it is really rewarding, even if, you know, the discography definitely starts um, having more duds, you know, as, as time goes on, you know, sort of after, um, uh, songs for songs of faith and devotion mm. but it, it's it's really worth it i i really really enjoy it i've actually been meaning to do that same thing with um king crimson mm-hmm. um i just just have not yet because i i've actually gotten some uh actually am in the process of finishing a collection of one of my favorite bands so but uh that's gonna be a next week thing hopefully so nice yeah but yeah love some love me some depeche mode um, I guess I should talk about my album of the week. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I actually knew this one just from the moment I listened to it. Uh, this is a new album that came out, uh, earlier this year. And uh, I'm, I've just been going through my like to listen list and, um, yeah. So this is, um, I, I guess the project is technically called Bent Arcana, uh, and the album is called bent arcana as well but it's a collaboration with uh i think john dwyer is kind of the head honcho in charge of putting all these musicians together so i don't there are like six or seven musicians attached to this thing Mm -hmm. i just don't have the list right now um but it is so damn cool dude um actually no now i'm thinking about i'm thinking of moon drenched moon drenched by bent arcana came out this year this self-titled album came out, uh, I think, either last year or the year before. And it's, um, I don't even know how to describe it. Like, it, it's basically like if Bitches Brew was, like, a little more reined in and, like, a little more inspired by Krautrock. Wow. That sounds yeah. great. It is so damn good, dude. Looking, looking up now. Yeah. The, uh, they, like, so this particular one is definitely more crowdy in terms of, like, you know, it, it has that beat that goes, you know, that, that like, motoric beat, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, you can hear a lot of can almost in it. Um, like, I actually described it in, in my journal as, like, um, I think it was, like, Miles Davis doing can covers. No, that sounds great. In a way. Wow. Um, but th- this, the new one, Moon Drenched, is definitely more in the vein of, like, Live Evil, kind of. Um, like it, I think John Dwyer actually plays the Quiqua in it, which is uh, the the it's like a talking drum they mm-hmm. call it, and you can hear that all over Live Evil. Um, but anyway, if, if people don't know John Dwyer, is he's part of uh, the OCs, uh, or he's he's kind of the head person in charge of the OCs. But yeah, so th- th- this this whole project, this whole Bent Arcana project, is is literally just these guys improvising for this like entire album. And they just basically just call it down to like the best moments and just call that an album. And it is, it, it is so freaking good, dude. I like, I, I was genuinely surprised about how much I love this thing. Nice. Um, I actually bought it uh, from Red Scroll Records of all places. Nice. Um, yeah, and I, uh, it was supposed to come in today, but unfortunately, I was stupid and. Uh, didn't change my Discogs profile, so they sent it to my old house instead of my new one. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, so oh, I have to go pick that man. up or figure that out at some point. This stinks. 
but yeah, no, I'm, I, I've got Moon Drenched on pre-order. Uh, it should be coming out um, sometime this month. I, I, I emailed the label to ask when they when they were expecting the run to be out. And it's, they, they said sometime this month, hopefully, even though the album's been out since like May. So uh, that's COVID for you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah. So I, I really really suggest people check out bent arcana i i feel like a lot of people are really sleeping on this project and it's a damn shame um yeah so nice. for sure yeah man well i'm looking forward to checking it out too yeah all right well uh i guess that is our episode today that's it all right well we will be back next week bye bye Thanks for listening, guys. And uh, if you're interested, uh, you know, if you want to hear more, just, you know, listen to us on uh, iTunes, Pod, Apple Podcasts, Android Podcasts, anywhere you can get a podcast, basically. Uh, we're on all of it. Uh, if you follow us on Anchor, too, you know, whatever works for you. And uh, definitely be sure to follow us on Twitter. And if you ever have any suggestions, topics you want us to talk about or questions, anything like that. Uh, be sure to email us. Yeah, uh, we're at, at Seishira Podcast on Twitter, and our email, I think, is Seishira Podcast at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, as always, thanks for listening. Yeah, appreciate it a lot. Bye.